So when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, the city would have been busy. And that might seem a little bit ironic, uh, considering the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. I've seen a few photographs and some videos from uh, Cambridge city centre and from the parks that just show empty streets and empty grasslands. But on this day, Jerusalem would have been busy. Busy because people were gathering together for the Passover feast. People would have been coming from all around the local area, from towns and villages, traveling to celebrate this important part of the Jewish faith. And that crowd that gathered for that first Palm Sunday would have been full of all sorts of different people. There would have been the disciples, those people that have been following Jesus closely, those people that have come alongside him, those people that he has been teaching. They would have been following him through the countryside through the last months and years. Perhaps they were excited to be in Jerusalem. Maybe this would have been the first time for them. Perhaps they were a little bit puzzled too. But one way or another, we can imagine that they were um, excited and eager to welcome Jesus into the city. There would have been the other pilgrims too. These are the people that have come from all over the, the local region, people traveling for this important festival. Maybe some of them have heard of Jesus as they made their way towards the city. Maybe some of them even got to hear him speak or even to see some of the miracles that he performed. Perhaps these are the people who have been caught up in the excitement of Jesus and were joining in with those shouts that morning, Hosanna, Hosanna. Then, of course, we have the Pharisees and the other religious leaders. They were there, not as eager spectators, not there because they were excited that Jesus was coming into town, but perhaps they were already uh, at a place where they were determined to get rid of Jesus. Perhaps they were already formulating a plan. And of course, finally, we have the people of Jerusalem itself, the people of the city. And most of these people were probably quite strongly under the influences of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And we can imagine that perhaps they too were joining with the pilgrims in shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. But soon they would be the people who would be calling, crucify, crucify. So I wonder, this Palm Sunday morning, where would you and I have been on that Palm Sunday? I wonder if maybe we would have been at the front of the crowd, eager to see this, this Jesus of Nazareth. Or maybe we were stuck somewhere in the middle of the crowd, just hoping to get a glimpse of this man we've heard so much about. Or maybe we're standing at the back, hoping that the Pharisees don't notice that we're there, but wondering if there is really something about this carpenter's son. Do you see him? Do you see him riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? Who do you see? I wonder, have you been hoping for someone to come and deal with the Romans? 
someone who's going to drive them out of the city, drive them out of the land. But who do you see? Look at him. This Jesus is riding into the city on a donkey. And where's the army? He's just got a ragbag, tag band of nobodies with him. Perhaps you've heard him speaking. Perhaps you saw him heal people, feed thousands with just a few bread and fish. I wonder if there would be something going on in your heart and in your head that day, something that you just can't quite fathom out. I wonder too whether you would remember the words from the prophet Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Who do you see? Do you see a carpenter? Do you see a teacher? Do you see a troublemaker, a healer, or a king? Who do you see riding in on a donkey? The theme that we have running through this year, 2020, is 2020 vision. And we're using it as a way to better understand the future that God is calling Bethel into. 2020 vision is a way of uh, describing somebody who can see properly what they should be able to see. It refers to what's called clarity of sight. So if you've got 2020 vision, then at 20 feet, you should be able to see normally, properly, what you should be able to see at 20 feet, if that makes any sense. Now, not everybody, I believe, in the crowd that morning had 2020 vision when it came to what they saw and what they understood was happening. But I think that all of the people in that crowd shared one thing with each other. They all had expectations. They were all looking for somebody to fulfill those expectations. And on this day, Jesus, the King of Kings, rides into town, but for most people he just wasn't who they expected him to be. I mean, he, he doesn't look like a king, he doesn't have an army, he isn't raising a battle cry, but instead, this Jesus cries for the city. Almost everybody in the crowd was looking for somebody different. They were all expecting somebody to come and tell them that it's all going to be better now. But instead, Jesus tells them that things are going to get worse before they get better. Things are going to get worse before they get better because you still don't get it, he says. Jesus was the one bringing peace, this shalom wholeness. But the people didn't get it. They were too busy looking for someone else. Early on in the passage that we heard read this morning, Jesus makes it very clear who he is. He sends two of his disciples to find the colt, and he tells them to say this to him, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. Not our Lord, but the Lord. And it seems to me that on this day, Jesus wants everybody to have the opportunity to know who he really is. On this day, Jesus gives everyone the opportunity to make a decision about him 
and about themselves. I think people saw many things when they looked at Jesus that morning. And I'm not sure that we're very different today. Many of them simply couldn't see what it was that he said about himself. They were unable to see the strength in love, the strength in weakness, the strength in suffering that was to come. Perhaps they couldn't even see the part that they were going to play in this story either. All of them were looking at Jesus, shouting hosannas, joining in with a celebration, but they just couldn't see Jesus the Lord. And he wept. I wonder what would happen if Jesus rode into town on the A14 today. Granted, it would take him some time to get past all the roadworks, but if he were to come up Middlewatch on a donkey, what would he be thinking about as he looked into Swayze? Because the Jesus that looked into Jerusalem said, if only you knew this day who was bringing you peace, healing, wholeness, justice, completeness. I wonder, would we recognise him? Do we know that kind of peace in Swayze, that complete healing peace that only God can give? On that first Palm Sunday, Jesus declared himself to be Lord, not just for that moment, just, not just for that crowd, not just for that time, but for all time and for all people, for you and for me. Do you see him? Do you know him? On that first Palm Sunday and in the days that followed, Jesus turns the idea of power and authority and control upside down because in Jesus, power is found in his humility. In Jesus, real power is found in the tears that he shed for Jerusalem. The story of the triumphal entry is one of contrasts and it's those contrasts that we really need to make sure we're looking at. It's the story of a king who comes as a lowly servant on a donkey, not on a warhorse. It's the story of a king who came not in royal robes, but in clothes of the poor and the humble. It's the story of Jesus, the Christ, who comes not to conquer by force, as, a, as an earthly king might do, but who comes in love and grace and mercy and comes to give his own life in sacrifice for his people. His is not a kingdom of armies and splendor, but a kingdom of lowliness and a kingdom of servanthood. He conquers not nations, but he conquers hearts and minds. And his message is a message of complete peace with God, not a worldly temporary peace. If Jesus has made a triumphal entry into our hearts, then he really should be reigning there in peace and love. And as his followers, we should exhibit those same qualities. And if it's true that Jesus reigns in our hearts, then the world should see the true king living and reigning in triumph in us. Do you see him? Do you know him? <laughs>